0: Hi, welcome to episode 565 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and people from the following countries are banned from listening to this podcast. Iran, Argentina, Georgia, the country, not the state. Oh, what the hell? If you're from Georgia, the state, you can't listen either. And uh, North Korea, South Korea, West Korea, the uh, Jalapagos Islands, Lichtenstein... Fredonia, and, uh, turkey. Except for on Thanksgiving. You can listen on Thanksgiving because we all love turkey on Thanksgiving. And why am I banning you? Because I want to be seen as a strong podcaster with authority. Not some loser who watches TV all day. In every episode of the Fantastic Fourcast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four. Starting with issue one and going all the way to issue 645. Today it's Fantastic Four... 565 from May 2009. Don't Eat Valeria by Mark, by Mark Millar and Brian Hitch. So the issue starts with the usual blog post. Not by Valeria this time, but by Franklin, because Valeria has been kidnapped. By strange men who want to use her? I don't know why. The title, is t- the title of this story, Don't Eat Valeria, there isn't a comma between Don't Eat and Valeria. So clearly, someone in this issue plans to eat Valeria. Which, isn't that kind of like eating moldy bread? I'd want to just throw it away. And back in I.R. Malt, Scotland, the sun has gone down, Reed and Sue have found Franklin, and Susan is desperately seeking Valeria. She's hysterical. Franklin, please! You have to tell us what happened to your sister! So, a few hours later, the FF have called the police. Like, really? The police? You would think the Fantastic Four could do a better job than the cops in a situation like this. And... Didn't Reed put tracking devices in his teammates, but he didn't put them in his kids? The cops are kind of blaming the Richardses for letting their kids run off, or fly off, as this case may be. Johnny returns, saying that he searched the woods and found nothing. Reed says they need to do a house by house search. Yeah, what they really need to do is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, outhouse, and doghouse in the area. He and Sue are going to lend some lead some volunteers to search around town, and he wants Ben and Johnny to look in the woods again. Last issue, the cops said that the town never has crime. The Fantastic Four have come, and immediately crime, go figure. Hamish, the cousin, apologizes, but Reed says it's their fault. The FF are like magnets for this kind of trouble. Wherever we go, the madness just follows, he says. Yep, bingo. So later. Ben and his fiance, whatever her name is, and a bunch of other volunteers are searching the woods. When Johnny flies by, says that Valeria is in the water, and he goes flying into the water. The fiance asks, "How does he know something?" Dragged her into the water. So Johnny's swimming underwater. He can't flame on, but I uh, I assume he can still keep himself warm because that water has got to be freezing cold. Somehow, he finds this hidden underwater lair. He emerges from the water into this odd-looking place where there's air. He gets out, he calls for Valeria, and she's there. She runs over, they hug each other. She says that she was kidnapped and brought there, and Johnny asks, by who? And she says, right behind you! He turns and he looks and sees a big octopus monster. I think those creepy men took Valeria and gave her to the octopus monster to eat. He tries to burn through the creature, but like every bad guy that Johnny fights, eh, it's fireproof. So he picks up Valeria and he flies away from the monster. Back at Rona's house, she was the young woman captured by a bunch of men uh, 25 years earlier at the beginning of last issue. She was also the young woman who who approached Sue yesterday to warn her about the safety of her children. I'm not sure why she's still a young woman after 25 years. The Fantastic Four are knocking on the on her door, but she doesn't want to answer. They know someone is inside and Sue yells through the door that they need information about her missing daughter. Rona says that uh, she's not supposed to talk to the Fantastic Four. Sue turns the door invisible and she sees Rona on the other side and her face is all bruised up from being beaten. Just in. Ben returns, saying that Johnny found Valeria, and then we see Johnny carrying Valeria and being chased by that huge octopus monster. Johnny drops off Valeria with Debbie and Franklin, Debbie is the, uh, the fiancé, and he rejoins the rest of the Fantastic Four to battle the gigantic creature. The battle doesn't go very well, the Fantastic Four are having a hard time, the creature lands on and crushes a house, and Franklin and Valeria decide to do something before someone gets hurt. Franklin... In his flight jacket Carries Valeria Back toward the creature And says Hey buttface, He's your dream girl Still feeling hungry? Which This doesn't sit too well With their parents Using Valeria as bait Franklin leads the creature Toward the fantastic car He flies into the Doctor Who trailer The creature heads inside Reed pulls his kids Out of the trailer And they hope That the monster Is trapped inside The Doctor Who trailer But the creature Breaks the trailer apart Sue Sue steps up she has a plan. She picks up the heaviest thing in town with her powers and drops it on the monster. The heaviest thing in town happens to be Hamish's Church. Brian Hitch draws the shit out of his two page spread of the church being dropped on the monster, hundreds of bricks everywhere. And then Ben drops a bus on the creature, just for good measure. Which seems unnecessary, but it's public transportation. Ben wants to destroy it. I can't imagine this town will be very happy to have their church destroyed. On churchmas, on Miss day, <laughs> churchmas day. On Christmas day, nonetheless, the townspeople are stunned that Corgo, the creature, is dead. What do we do now? One of them mask. We learn that Corgo has been watching over the town for 2,000 years. No crime, no sickness, no disease, and all they have to do is sacrifice one child from every generation on Christmas morning, which, that doesn't sound like a bad deal at all, especially when that child is Valeria. That only comes out to like four children every hundred years. What a bargain! America sacrifices more children than that every month, just to keep guns legal and plentiful. Reed punches Hamish in the face. You know, it was a bad idea to drag Reed's daughter into this. Very bad idea. Corgo originally wanted Hamish's son but he offered Valeria instead. After this crazy scene, Debbie suggests that they should go to her parents next Christmas. Oh, you're being very optimistic, Debbie. Very optimistic. No one is even going to remember her by the Christmas of 2009. The issue ends with a letter to Sue Richards, written months later, from Rona, the young lady who tried to warn Sue about the craziness of I.R.M.A.L.T. We learn that Corgo isn't dead, but Reed has built a special nature preserve for him, even though Rona wishes he was dead. Why did they chase down Rona at the start of the previous issue? It was to take her baby and sacrifice it. Rona says a lot of people moved to different towns, including herself, after Corgo uh, was apprehended. And she met a guy, he raw dogged her, got her pregnant, and this time her baby is safe. The letter goes on to say that Rona thanks to Fantastic Four and Sue for helping out, and she's hopeful that everything is doing well after that mess with Dr. Doom and his horrible teachers. And she's sorry to hear about Ben and that fiancé that he had. So this final scene takes place after the next storyline where we rejoin Dr. Doom and his horrible teachers and something bad happens to Ben and his fiancé. Yay! No surprise. And that brings our two-part Christmas in Scotland story to an end. Before I started rereading the Miller Hitch run, This story in Scotland was the only one that I remembered. Because it, you know, it actually doesn't suck. So it must have left an impression on me. There's an, uh, offbeatness about this story that kind of appeals to me, even though the trope about the small town with the secret isn't exactly breaking new ground. Now we have to go back to the whole Doctor Doom and his retconned master storyline, which does not bring me very much joy. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at podcastff. And you can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. The podcast is over.